0: I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a non-profit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features, too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors Are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, and guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code Do Good Better, and you're set. Again, Do Good Better, it's simple, it's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks Donor Doc for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby.
0: Oh hey everybody, it's Patrick Kirby, the host of the official Do Good Better podcast. This is a uh, special uh, episode that we're going to combine with a couple of others, uh, kind of in crisis. Uh, This is a crisis time for nonprofits, and so we're going to help as best we can, uh, talking about and talking with. Uh, nonprofits throughout the region uh, here in North Dakota on how they are dealing with and coping with the COVID nineteen uh, situation, uh, and I am really blessed to have uh, Jill McDonald. She's the executive director of the Domestic Crisis uh, Domestic Violence Crisis Center in Minot, North Dakota, and uh, was one of uh, our beta test uh, interviews. Uh, before we launched the official Do Good Better podcast. Jill, welcome back to the show and for the first time uh, here on the official live Do Good Better
1: podcast. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. It's always great to talk with you.
0: I love chatting with you and I appreciate you really uh, stepping up and talking with us, especially in these sort of crazy times. Um, So for those of you uh, who are listening and for uh, you, Jill, would you give a kind of a 5,000-foot view on Who you are as an organization, the Domestic Violence Crisis Center?
1: Absolutely. So, we are an organization that serves all survivors of domestic sexual violence. um, And our service area is North Central North Dakota. We have a unique relationship. We also um, contract manage for Family Crisis Center in Botno. So, we're kind of one team, but two different nonprofits, which is kind of neat. So, basically, North Central North Dakota, we're reaching out to survivors um, and we have a shelter. We've got therapeutic services. We do um, protection order advocacy support groups. And so these last couple weeks we've been like, all right, so how do we go from a very people to people place to a virtual services?
0: Which yeah. That, that, I gotta so, give- yeah. So that's, so that's my first question. Uh, so we've been on lockdown here in the state for about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, how What's the initial assessment that you have on the effects of this as a, you know, shelter in place, don't go outside, do everything virtually situation with domestic violence and, and crisis center, um, starting, let's start there.
1: So, you know, one of the things I think all of us are very appreciative of like how much this can kind of bring you to that, like, I'm kind of crawling out of my skin phase. But then when you take into account somebody who, on um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs we're already like under the pyramid when you're in trauma so um, working with folks and just really we're bringing our mental health team in um, trying to bring get a lot of resources out to folks that maybe you know you don't just know those things right so um, getting some grounding techniques out there um, making sure people's basic needs are met that net community I have to hand it to them we've got all these businesses that are doing like free meals, dollar meals, like people have their food needs met. Um, we're making sure our shelter is open for, for survivors. So we want to make sure that basic need is met. Um, but I really think like that's where we kind of have to start at. Yeah. And then looking at like, how are people reaching out and making that human connection? Hmm. Um, this you and I have had the pleasure of meeting face to face, but then this is kind of how you and I tend to talk. So right. um, if you're comfortable in this arena, great. But then my friends that are like extroverts, this is tough for them. So look, <laughs> right? I'm
0: having a very difficult time doing this. I know this is not about me. I get it. But like as an extrovert, this is, this is a killer. Uh, for, is. And, well, and I think what you do and you know, that, that, um, that sense of personalization, especially when you and I were talking before we, we started this podcast is, when you're sheltered in place and when you can't get out, how does somebody who is the victim of domestic violence have a conversation with you on the phone with their potential abuser in the next room? Like that's right. gonna be a that's gonna be a bridge that I think we need to figure out. And how are you handling that as a as a as a starting point?
1: So one of the things our agency has done is we switch or we added some online features. So on our website, there will be a chatter feature so okay. that you can link. Um, and it's it's something that is uh, a lot of the, the DV agencies across our state are utilizing. So having that opportunity to connect right there and you've got an advocate right at your fingertips. Um, our crisis lines are open. Um, So if you do have that ability to make a phone call, of course, those are available. Um, And you're, you're always going to get a human voice on the end of that. Um, It's not something that you like leave a message and we'll get back to you. Like you're, it's 24 seven. We've got that covered.
0: One of the, uh, one of the challenges that I know uh, nonprofits are facing right now is Do you fundraise? How do you fundraise? What do you do? Um, What have you seen? What have you done? Um, What are some of the questions that you might have as it pertains to fundraising in this brand new normal climate that we're in now that we have to adjust to?
1: You know, that is a great question. That was part of why I was like, I got to talk to Patrick because like this is impacting. We we had a, a hockey game scheduled and then knowing where everybody, like what the temperature is in the community for layoffs, et cetera, like we want to make sure our ask is respectful and pertinent. And at, at this stage, we also wanted to wait and know, like, are our grantors going to allow us to work from home? What does that look like? So it's not just our normal fundraising piece, but now we're kind of looking at like, are even the things that we have received for grants, are we going to be able to do that? What does that look like? So um, I'm all ears on, on the asks.
0: Right. I I think, I think grantors are going to have to adjust the way that everybody else is going to have to adjust worldwide. So I think that might be less of a concern of mine out of the gate. I have no empirical evidence of this. Mm -hmm. I just think that from a common sense standpoint that everybody's going to have to adjust and you cannot do business as normal because there's no more normal business from an ask standpoint to gauge the temperature on when you can ask somebody for money is there's two, there's two schools of thought. And I, and I adhere to both of these one more than another for you specifically. One, I think domestic violence and crisis centers like yours are the unnamed frontline necessary workers uh, during this time of crisis. Stress is going to build in the homes where people cannot get out, um, they can't leave. Therefore, I think, and and sadly to say, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, I think there's probably going to be an uptick in domestic violence or violence uh, acts uh, across the state and across the country, it's just you're you're, you're in a house where you're not in a house uh, normally all the time with people you don't necessarily get along with all the time, and it's a tinderbox. I think that that might happen. I think your conversations with your supporters and your donors is letting people know the reality of what's going to happen and and what your prediction is. The experts are mm-hmm. and how they can support you in this time. There's a way to do it. You need to be soft about it because I think everybody's sort of, you know, teetering on is this appropriate time to ask for money. You're in a frontline position that I think it's very appropriate. You know, you and I think, uh, you know, nonprofit nursing home facilities, uh, healthcare employees, individuals with developmental disabilities. um, Those are the frontline workers who are, who have to go and have to work in order to make this a, a, a much easier transition to the new normal. So what I would suggest is giving a reality check and then almost giving updates and and showcasing what you're doing in preparation for what you see coming down the line. Be that Nostradamus of, and, and hope you're wrong. Right. You know, I think you should start by saying, I hope I'm completely wrong, but this is a perfect storm to create an environment by which there might be an increase in domestic violence. We are obligated under our mission to help as many people as possible get out of these situations. And we are in a position to uh, accept help whenever offered, and here's how.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that, I think, gets you out of the please give us money ask, right? right? It just positions you to say if we're fortunate enough to have disposable income and if there's um, those who have supported you on a regular basis, I think would really be looking for how they can make an impact. What what frontline organizations can I give to in order to feel like I'm making a difference even though I can't leave my house?
1: Right, right.
0: Does that kind of make sense?
1: That absolutely makes sense.
0: Okay. And so I, like I,
1: try to lose the gimmicky of like the non-event event or something like that. You don't
0: like need that. to. Yeah, you don't need to. I think I, that there's going to be a time for that. There's going to be a time to get the, those uh, those digital events up and running there's going to be a time for joy and fun and, and great. You work in an environment that is that needs to have a, a little more on a serious tone out of the gate because I think your anticipation of the waterfall of of folks who are going to reach out to you is that that calls for necessary and that self awareness I think as an organization if you're an, if you're a nonprofit listening to this be self aware on right. what your position is in the community and who you serve. There are times where you can have a chuckle and a laugh and a a break. There are times where you have to be serious, and there's a time where you don't make an ask, and when you do, really, Jill, I think you and the Domestic Violence Crisis Center and and folks across the the state who really are, are front lines against sort of violence in the home are in a position to be like every governor is, to say the reality is we're not seeing an uptick yet, but we're going to and we're anticipating it. And this is what we're doing in preparation for it. Thank you for your consistent help on trying or to getting us into a position where we can, uh, serve. And That's here's avenues on where you can help, um, going forward. That's
1: awesome. I yeah.
0: appreciate you. No, well, you're the best. No, I appreciate <laughs> you. And, th- and this is, this is what, um, this is what I think is so great about the nonprofit world is that there is not, a system in place that our local governments are doing to provide this service that you are now they're in crisis mode on how they can get kids educated and how they can, uh, you know, uh, c- clear up beds for a potential you know, pandemic, what you're doing boots on the ground. And this goes for a lot of nonprofits that are listening right now. You are important. What you're doing is important. Your work matters and people need to understand that that funding mechanism dries up. You go away. And you can position it in your brain to say if, if, if the Domestic Violence Crisis Center stops and they shut down tomorrow, what happens?
1: Right.
0: I don't right. want to know. People aren't I don't safe. They aren't right. safe. There's going to be people who are dead. There are going to be people who are in posi- – like, that's, not, that's not an exaggeration, is it?
1: No, no. And that isn't a reality that we want to live in, in our communities.
0: Correct. And I think that you can position that, especially in conversations you have with donors on the phone, which you need to pick up the phone and go now and ask them like what, how, how they're doing, how they're feeling, what's going on and how you can help them. Mm -hmm. But they're also going to ask, well, how can I help you and be prepared to say that we are positioning ourselves in a way that I think we can really, um, Go forward, and I think that's really great. Uh, thank you so much for what you do. I really appreciate that. And uh, and any message that how can people get a hold of you um, if they got questions? Maybe they're in other states. They're looking at other resources on people and how how you're um, acting and how you're reacting to to this uh, thing. How can people get a hold of you, Joe McDonald, at the mm-hmm. Domestic Violence Crisis Center? Um, how can they get a hold of you?
1: So email is probably the fastest and easiest right now. So my email is jill.dvcc at gmail.com. Our crisis lines are open and that gets you 24 seven to a staff member at 701-857-2500. And then, you know, um, hit us up on our website too, courageforchange.org. You can get messages through to us that way. Our Facebook page is very active and responsive as well. So we're Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the usual. Um, if you just search for DVCC, Minot, not?
0: I love it. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you being a guest on these kind of, the special edition, the special uh, groupings of uh, the official Do Good Better podcast. Uh, Jill, thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, Thanks for opening up and thanks for having this conversation and this candid one about uh, how we get through this COVID-19, this sort of pandemic bit and how nonprofits can thrive uh, rather than just uh, survive itself. So thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Thank you. Hey, when you Google
0: your hometown, what's the impression you get? Does it look like a vibrant, active community that would welcome your new business idea or welcome your family? Small Town Labs to the rescue! Hey, active fun social media posts, upgrading your city website, improving your town's online curb appeal, even providing competitive analysis versus other small towns in your area. Small Town Labs will create everything that you need to sell your hometown to new businesses and to new homeowners. Heck, they even manage those leads for you. So email them today at buildsmalltowns at gmail.com. Again, buildsmalltowns at gmail.com. Hey, thank you, Small Town Labs, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at DoGoodBetterConsulting.com.